0: is real
1: there's power in your name we find hope and we trust in your ways we need
0: Jesus is real Nebuchadnezzar us like well you're the guy with the spirit of the holy God in you you're gonna tell me what it is because Daniel's already put himself out there and God has already done a work. And I want to encourage you to realize the potential of spiritual power that dwells in you, not because you're special, but because the spirit of the living God dwells in you because you are born again. And how different would your life be if all of a sudden you started to say to yourself, God can
1: do anything through my life. When you become a follower of Jesus and turn your life over to him, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit living inside you. He wants to help you make decisions in life, ones that honor God and help others. In today's message, Pastor Daniel will challenge us to let the Holy Spirit have influence over every area of our lives. How differently would we live if we allowed this? There would be a lot more people seeing God work, that's for sure. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Daniel chapter 4 with part 1 of his message, Divine Intervention.
0: You know, when we think about the idea of divine intervention, we always love the idea of God being active in the world. And we love the idea that when we need God to be active in a situation, and God shows up, we're like, yeah, so good. But what we don't realize is that oftentimes when God shows up, he makes things worse before he makes them better. And most often, people don't really like that. I mean, is anybody like, yeah, I love it when God shows up and makes things worse so that he can make them better. But if you think about it all through your Bibles, isn't that really the story? That God's way of making things better is often that things get really nasty first. I mean, you think about when God called Abram to leave his family and his country, and he doesn't know where he's going. He's wandering around. He has all these experiences. You think about when God chose to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt, It's all great. Moses is here. He's going to deliver us. But what went on? A lot of mess first, right? Remember, Pharaoh gets mad at him, starts, you know, you guys are lazy. I'll make you work harder. Everything goes wrong. And literally, the people are like, Moses, go away. Like, we don't like you anymore. We thought you were great. It's not great anymore. I mean, think about Jesus. In order to save the world, Jesus had to be beaten to a bloody pulp be crucified on a cross. God's plans for deliverance often moves through very tough places. But you know that Good Friday gives way to Resurrection Sunday. You know that the Plagues of Egypt give way to the promised land. You know that Abram, through all of the struggles and trials, he did have the son of promise, Isaac. But the key is, is we need to learn how to hold on to the Lord and to our hope in the midst of when God's intervention means problems. But the reason God will allow a trial is because God, as the Alpha and the Omega, the all-knowing one, realizes the only way to get to the destination is through the messy spots. See, God didn't just want to hurt the children of Israel. He wanted to deliver them. God didn't just want to make Abram's life a challenge. He wanted to bless him. God did not just want Jesus to be crucified. God knew that he was going to raise him from the dead because death could not hold him. And God knew that the blessing comes on the other side. But I think for a lot of us, We miss out on what God is doing in the midst of these things because it's just hard. We don't take the long view. Sure, marriages are challenging, but God's long view is that if you stick in there long enough and you keep grinding and working and loving and forgiving, something beautiful happens. Raising kids is tough. God knows if you don't kill them, you might end up with grandkids. (laughs) So my dad always says to me, he's like, man, if I would have known grandkids were this fun, I would have had them first. (laughs) And we're going to see today an example of God's divine intervention that is literally going to make a person's life living hell. Absolutely miserable. But problems are not purposeless, my friends. Not in God's kingdom. And God wants us to learn some things about struggles and trials. I mean, this is this whole friction series, right? It's like our culture as it is and our faith and these things collide and there's sparks and issues, but God is doing something. And we keep applying these things to our lives when we start to say, okay, Lord, in the midst of all of this, how am I supposed to move through this world? in a way that is full of grace and truth, that is a way that is full of love, that is redemptive. So let's jump on into this. Open up in your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter 4, the prophet Daniel, chapter 4, as we continue this friction series, Daniel, chapter 4. If you brought your Bibles with you to church, then you know how to find it. If you didn't, there's books on the seats in front of you. Those are called Bibles. I want to get you the book of Daniel. Of course, if you have a, a, some sort of a, a device with uh, connectivity, we call them smart devices, open up your favorite browser window, just type in Daniel 4, it comes right up. But it's easy to find the prophet Daniel because he's the last of the four major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. They're all pretty large books, 50-ish chapters, some a little longer, some a little shorter. And then you have Daniel as the fourth of those. So if you find Ezekiel, turn to your right. If you find a bunch of other guys' names, you probably want to turn to your left. Daniel chapter four, jumping on in. Look at what it says in verse one. It says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, to all peoples and nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion is from generation to generation. Verse 4. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore I issued a decree to bring all the wise men of Babylon before me, and they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, and they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy God." And I told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the musicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking to behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great and the tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens and it could be seen to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant. And in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heaven dwelt in its branches and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and cried aloud and said thus, chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and the roots in the earth. Bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts and on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man and let him be given the heart of a beast, and let seven times pass over him. The decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he will and sets over it the lowest of men. Verse 18, this dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, tell its interpretation and declare it since all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able for the spirit of the holy God is within you. Now you notice in this long section that I've read that this is a letter written from King Nebuchadnezzar to all the people of his realm, right? So Nebuchadnezzar is writing this after the fact, after what's gone on, which we're going to be studying today. And he says, I thought it was good verse two to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. So you notice he wants to tell a story of divine intervention. He's like, this is what the Lord God has done. This is what's going on in my life. So he's testifying. He's sharing a testimony about this is who the Lord is and what he's done in my life. And obviously for King Nebuchadnezzar as that head of gold, that great king of a great empire, for him to declare that the Lord's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation, he's boasting about another king. So God's done something. And then he recounts this story. And the story... Again, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream Didn't we see this in chapter 2? So Nebuchadnezzar has a dream And this dream challenges him again So instead of like the last time Remember he called everybody in He said, you tell me the dream And tell me its interpretation Or I'm going to kill you This time he's like I'm going to tell you the dream Tell me its interpretation He doesn't threaten to kill anybody Praise God You know, so Nebuchadnezzar He's in process too He's growing up as well He's not totally nuts at this point. But he tells this dream, but everyone's stumped. Nobody can answer it. So then what you find out in the midst of all of this is that he decides to call Daniel. Look what it says in verse 8. But at last, Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy God, and I told the dream before him saying, verse nine, Belchizedek chief of the magicians because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you. Explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. My friends, even though God intervenes, each one of us, you and I, we have spirit ability. You notice what he does? Nobody can answer it. But then he calls for Daniel, he says, now I know the spirit of the holy God's in you. Do you realize that if you're here today and you are in Christ, that you have spirit ability? That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, right here, I realize that there's some of you who will say, well, yeah, this whole thing, we have spirit ability, everybody has spirit ability. No, you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. Because the Bible makes a distinction between the breath of life, which is the ability to be alive, and the spirit of the living God, There is a distinction there. Every single human person, every single animal has the breath of life in them, thus you're alive. But that does not mean you have the unique ability that comes by the Holy Spirit. This is a different thing. And we live in a day and age because people, everyone's got the spirit. I mean, you're alive. Yes, everyone's alive. That's the breath of life. The spirit of the living God is something completely different. And that is a unique scenario that is reserved to the people who believe in Jesus. And because of their faith in Jesus, a person now gets indwelt by the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Unique from the breath of life. And if you are here today and you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you have spirit ability because the spirit of the living God dwells in you uniquely. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I think what goes on for most of us is we know that to be true. But because we doubt the work and person of Jesus, we don't realize how much potential is bound up in us because of the spirit. We are so used to doubting ourselves and doubting our situations that all of a sudden something goes on and we never even think, I got spirit ability. I got the ability of the Holy Spirit in my life. I mean, you think about all the gifts of Spirit. I'll never forget this. I was a young pastor. It's funny when you're a 23-year-old pastor, you know? And I'm sitting, I went out to dinner with some folks in the congregation that I was serving as an assistant pastor. And I'll never forget, we were coming back from this restaurant. And at the time, their nine-year-old daughter says, Pastor Daniel, I have a question for you. Okay. She's like, what spiritual gifts do you have? I was like, man, what's wrong with these people feeding their kids, you know? I thought she was going to, like, offer me a Twinkie or something. But I stopped for a second, and I thought to myself, man, that's a a great question. And I said, to be honest with you, her name was Danielle. Danielle, I believe I have all the spiritual gifts. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, because the spirit of the living God dwells in me. Now, I'm not saying I walk in all the gifts, but at any given point in my life, because the spirit of God dwells in me The potential for those gifts to be at work Are available in my life And I was so happy I said that I was like I'm like that's really good theology And this girl's dad was one of the elders of the church He's like Daniel that's really good theology And I was like yes You know But there's nothing more beautiful when you and you're preaching to yourselves because I would never have thought of that before until I get put on the spot by this cute little nine-year-old girl. But know what the reality is, is that if you are here today and you are in Christ, then the potential of every single spiritual gift dwells in you because the Spirit of God has taken up residence in your life. But you know what the problem is? A lot of us when push comes to shove in a moment, never show up as, "I think God may want to do something." See, it's not a question of ability, it's a question of availability. And are you a kind, the kind of person who is available in any given moment for the Spirit of God who dwells in you to choose to do something through? Because Daniel shows up on the scene and never gets like, "Well, you're the guy with the spirit of the Holy God in you, you're going to tell me what it is. Because Daniel's already put himself out there, and God has already done a work. And I want to encourage you to realize the potential of spiritual power that dwells in you, not because you're special, but because the spirit of the living God dwells in you because you are born again. And how different would your life be if all of a sudden you started to say to yourself, God can do anything through my life. I could be the vehicle through whom Jesus' kingdom touches down. And a lot of us have never had that thought before. But not anymore. Because I just shared it with you from God's Word. And so now my encouragement is to say to yourself, I have spirit ability. Go ahead, say it out loud. Go ahead. Yeah. This is what I want you to do. In every moment, going forward, when you see a situation that comes on up where you think God wants to work, I want you to remind one another. I want you to provoke one another to love and good works. Say, you have spirit ability. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, say, you have spirit ability. You realize how powerful this is. Now listen, you have spirit ability because Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. Listen to what it says, because... We find out in Luke chapter 4, as Jesus is beginning his ministry, that Jesus had spirit ability as well. Listen to what it says. Luke, I'm going to read verses 1 to 2, and then verse 14. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And then verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout the surrounding region. You hear all the Spirit language in the ministry of Jesus? He was filled with the Spirit. Right after his baptism, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where? He got led by the Spirit to get tempted by the devil. And then after he did not succumb to that temptation, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. And my friends, that's part of the friction of life. That when you are filled with the Spirit, and you are led by the Spirit, it is not spiritual Disneyland. You have all sorts of churches. They want to tell you, man, you get a spirit-filled life, and you can have un- supernatural power. Everything's going to go great. And then all of a sudden, you come back from their little retreat where they took a lot of your money for you to be there, and then all of a sudden, everything falls apart. You say to yourself, what's happening? Because the Bible says that when God calls us, Satan is just going to be like, well, listen, do what you want to do. Have fun. Be all spirit-filled. He comes in with a baseball bat trying to pull a Tanya Harding on you. But you know how Nancy Kerrigan got on with that thing? She was limping, but God did a work. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you weren't a child of the 80s and you missed that part of life. It's a Gen X reference. You young millennials, just go look it up. Say, who's Tanya Harding? Who's Nancy Kerrigan? You know, you'll, it's cool. No, it's not cool. It's horrible, actually. But it was a, it's like the perfect reference for what I'm trying to get at. Now here's the thing, there's some of you here right now, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus before. Now listen, I don't want to be the downer, but you don't have spirit ability. I'm going to be honest with you, if you've been here at all, you realize I am not going to lie to you. If you are not in Christ, you do not have spirit ability, but not because you don't have the opportunity for it, it's because you don't want it. If you put your faith in trust, then you get all the benefits that come from putting your faith in trust in you. And if you say, well, I don't want Jesus, then you do not get those benefits. And you have to realize that. But it's not because God doesn't want you to have it. Because God has done everything except make you a robot so that you would have spiritability. ability. Jesus has already lived the perfectly lived life. He already died on the cross, and he already rose again. And you have been invited numerous times, not only while you're watching this and being a part of what's going on at Crossroads right now, because God wants you to be involved, but you have to say thank you. You have to receive that. To quote good old American Express, membership has its privileges. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is not working on you from the outside, but it's a whole other thing when you're getting worked on from the outside than when you're getting worked on from the inside. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. And I believe you're here today hearing this unique message because deep down, even though maybe you haven't dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's and you're not so sure about this whole Jesus thing, you deep down say, I want the ability of the Holy God to be at work in my life. Like, I've never met a person who doesn't want to have a life that has overtones of supernatural reality to it. And I believe that God wants you to have it. And God's done everything other than make you believe it. And if you say yes to Jesus, then the spirit of the living God will dwell in you. And you will have spirit ability. You will have the ability of the spirit for whatever it is that God wants to do.
1: When you decide to follow Jesus with your whole being, you receive access to the Holy Spirit. In fact, he comes to dwell inside you to help guide your everyday decisions and be your direct link to Jesus. In today's message, Pastor Daniel shared that Jesus' followers have a unique power because of the Holy Spirit. As we do when our Savior directs, the Holy Spirit will work in incredible ways through us. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a
0: regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page, Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. God has been doing some amazing things at Crossroads. One of the things that I'm the most stoked about is our new campuses. We launched a brand new campus in southwest Portland. So if you're in the area, I'd love to invite you to come and join us for worship Sundays at 10 a.m. Our online campus is reaching the entire world. And we'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 9, 11, or 1 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at crossroadslive.tv. Now here's Josh with what's coming up on our next episode of Jesus Israel Radio.
1: Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel details a very difficult turn of events for King Nebuchadnezzar. Though given the opportunity to change his ways, this powerful man had all he knew taken from him when pride became his way of life. The next message on Jesus Israel Radio will challenge each of us to heed the warning signs and turn back to God before it's too late. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.